Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. When Jordan Walsh is making perimeter jump shots, that really helps us. I think that Anthony Black is, continues to improve in all areas, both off the dribble drive and his, and his bounce game and, and his three-point shot with his feet set. Devo Davis is playing at a high level from an offensive standpoint as well. And, you know, Pinion, when given the opportunity, Joseph has done a really good job or a great job offensively too, and he spaces the floor out. So I think all those things have really helped, and now we've got to do a better job from the foul line. Help me remember, LSU ran a lot of zone against Arkansas in this game in Baton Rouge, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, offensively, I think Arkansas has been a bit a little better. Now, albeit, again, they haven't been against great defensive teams. We have to kind of factor this in. I don't know where LSU, I'll look it up where LSU ranks defensively-wise, but you hope that because of the confidence you seem to have gamed on offense, that will translate into nine, and especially since you've already lost these guys already yeah and you know really no one played much man at all or or any number of possessions in a game until alabama came in and then since alabama you know missouri's played a little more man uh vandy played some man so uh they've mixed it up uh a little bit more but early on you're exactly right they played a little more zone one thing about tonight's game from a number standpoint uh and I, and I haven't looked at the numbers this morning after last night's game, but there was no SEC teams in action. But as of yesterday, LSU was 130 in the net ranking. So this becomes another game where it's not a quad one. That would probably drop you down to – would that be quad three or four playing a I lose team at home? I lose track. One. It doesn't really matter. It's just a game you can't lose for a lot of reasons. Net ranking's one of them, and that's not the end-all, be-all, but – it's just one of those games. If you're wanting to build a tournament resume or put one back together, this is a game you got to win. LSU is 12th in the conference in defensive efficiency. So once again, you're finding yourself going up against an opponent that's really not that great on that end. So you should be able to take advantage of that. Now, I'm not asking you to score 90 plus, but I am asking to see something similar to what you've done the last couple of games on the offensive end. Now, should they jack 35 threes tonight? No. But if they shoot it efficiently like they have been, where you've the seven or eight number that you've been saying stands stands pretty solid to me, mm-hmm. as long as it's around that twenty range in the number of attempts, mm-hmm. uh, that that's a number you can live with if you're Eric Musselman. Whether it's Joseph, whether it's Devo, Anthony, whoever's taking these shots, you're just hoping they're shooting them and shooting them with confidence. I like to see Jordan Walsh also continue to take these open jumpers he's getting. Well, seven of twenty-one is a third, so that's. You know, 33, 34% uh, if you're rounding up. But it's the points you're getting off of that. So Arkansas is not 
has not shown the ability to win a lot of conference games or any conference games at this point by scoring 80 points. He got beat at Vanderbilt scoring, what, 84 points. So defensively, it comes back to that. Arkansas needs to control the tempo and rhythm, and when they can get a, a live ball steal, turn that into points. But, you know, they don't need to be looking for the three first. What I want to see tonight is can this team get a good look and not settle for whatever's left with four seconds on the shot clock? There's been too much of that going on the last couple of games, and Ole Miss not playing at the level of the rest of the league makes things look a little easier against a good team, and LSU's not in that category. Can you get better looks earlier in the shot clock that you like? Yeah, and That's what they did get against Ole Miss. Some looks for threes, not late in the shot clock. Devo set his feet, the ball went in the hole. And like Ole Miss, LSU has one conference win. The only conference win they have is against you earlier this season in the Pete Maravich Center. You want a little bit of that back. Now, I know that Devontae Davis posted this picture from Adam Miller, who's an LSU player, that he put out this tweet, we're in Fayetteville next time. Y'all bring the smoke. We're going to run through it. And I know this team's going to make a big deal out of that, not only because they lost, but LSU also kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And this team doesn't need any more motivation per se because you're Again, you're not in a good place right now in conference play, but you do have this little stretch outside of this Baylor game this weekend where you have some quote-unquote easier matchups that you should be able to take advantage of and get yourself closer to 500 in the league. Well, you're in it right now. I mean, uh, now A&M's coming up backside of of, um, of Baylor. That's not going to be easy, uh, but you know, you're, you're, Ole Miss and LSU are top of the list. The only team worse that, that you're looking at from a lot of standpoints, is South Carolina. I know we're going to get to our uh, Pradco Pyramid of Power later on. I am amazed how low South Carolina is in the net rankings right now. But, uh, yeah, you got some teams coming up with A&M being the exception in the next few ball games outside of Baylor that uh, you've got to win these games to get back in the hunt uh, for anywhere near a four seed, which kind of is starting to look like uh, maybe out of reach even for a four seed. And when he says four seed, he means in the SEC, Correct. not the NCAA Correct. tournament. Right Conference now, tournament four seed. Joe Lenardi has you as a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. I was kind of surprised by that. And the reason Tommy brings up that four seed is because if you remember in the SEC tournament, the top four seeds get a double buy. So you don't want to definitely, you don't want to play on Wednesday. If you play on Thursday, it's not the end of the world. But if you can get into that top four, you don't have to play in Nashville till Friday, which is paramount. Most of the time, the the teams that win the SEC tournament, they don't start playing ball till Friday. You can't, you know, four games or five games in five days, four games in four days. You're not conditioned to doing that. I mean, not that these guys aren't in shape, but you play, you play Tuesday or Wednesday, then you play Saturday. You don't go to the NCAA tournament, and play back to back days. You certainly don't have very many stretches in your season. You did in Hawaii, where you play three days in a row. So th- th- this makes it, you know on your legs, going into the tournament difficult. You don't want that fourth or even fifth day because you want your legs as fresh as possible for hopefully an NCAA tournament Mm -hmm. game the following week. Kansas is taking a step back. They've lost three straight. They lost to Baylor on the road in Waco last night. Baylor's going to be a really tough team to beat this Saturday, as we've talked about. But really, Alabama, Purdue have, I think, separated themselves. Houston lost at home this past 
week in. And uh, Alabama, to me, looks like a team worthy every bit of the discussion of being not just a number one seed, but a national number one overall seed. You'd love to have that game back because I feel like you just didn't close that one out at all. I think most people understand that. But that is the premier team in this league right now. And when you have a guy like Brandon Miller, have a second-best player like Clowney, even Sears, that Mark Sears kid who ripped you apart for, I think, 26 points in that game. That is a really, really quality basketball team. You mentioned Kansas losing to Baylor, Arkansas's next opponent after LSU. First time, um, it's the longest skid since Coach Bill Self took over the program in 03-04. It's the first time Kansas has lost three straight games to ranked teams since February of 1989. So what's going on with Kansas is... uh, is from a historical standpoint, this this is not uh, this hadn't happened in forty years. They can't really shoot. You've got Grady 35. Grady Dick, who's an outstanding kid from Wichita, and then um, it's Jalen, and I can't think of Jalen's last name, but he's the kid from Texas that's going to be a lottery pick. He's been unbelievable. He was a top fifty kid and has come in and it's just been awesome for them. But Outside of those two guys, they really don't have a lot of guys that can just fill it up from three-point line. That's made their spacing difficult at times, and they're just on a rough stretch. And I think they'll get back on track, but Big 12's tough. We talk about the SEC being a difficult league. Y'all, the Big 12 is even more more difficult than what you have to go through in this league. And I think there, I mean, there's a lot of tough environments in this game, but you look at those teams in the Big 12, you stack them. This can be an interesting Saturday. Yeah. How this, how these two conferences go head to head. I think Alabama's going to trounce Oklahoma and Norman, oh, but no it's going to be a, a, a blow, blowout city. But I am curious to see how these other teams match up in between the Big 12 and the SEC. Jalen Wilson was the name yeah, you were Jaylen looking Wilson. for a minute ago. Yeah, you got Tennessee and Texas. Uh, playing down in Austin, like you said, Bama's traveling to Norman. Auburn takes on West Virginia, Kentucky, and Kansas. You know, Kentucky's trying to get themselves back in. Uh, you know, from a rank standpoint, back in the polls, from a net ranking standpoint, all of these things. They, you know, obviously Saturday's game is not going to help Kentucky in the conference standings, but Kentucky's got some work to do just to get back uh, with a four and three SEC record. Um, you know, they need some wins to get back in place. Uh, a&M is not not playing. They're playing uh, this weekend against Vanderbilt. You know, there's four teams, so A&M's not part of this mix, which is you would think they would want them in that mix just because of the Texas footprint bringing a- A&M to this party. But I guess, you know, for, I don't know if there's a rotation on that. I'm not sure how that works, but A&M is not going to be part of the uh, the festivities this weekend. Neither is, um, who was the other there, team? There's two other teams, right? Yeah, there's there's two. There's another matchup this weekend. South oh, it's uh, South Carolina is um, South Carolina's at Georgia. Okay, Vanderbilt at A and M. Those yeah. are the the two league games on Saturday. Tennessee and Texas is going to be, I think, a really good basketball game. Kentucky and Kansas, as Tommy just brought up. I think that there's a great chance that Kentucky gets that win and that Kansas slide goes even further to four games. I mean, that is not going to be easy walking into Rupp, and Re- Rupp Arena. The Kentucky's won, I think, three straight games. So, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's going to be a fun weekend of college basketball. This is the final, if you remember, the final time that we'll have this, we'll have a new ACC, SEC type of challenge the week before Thanksgiving, or maybe it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. That will kind of take place of this. And then, as you talked about, we'll kind of adjust the conference schedule based on that because we won't have this weird weekend in January. So does that mean, and I don't think it's weird, I like it, but but I guess that also means we won't see conference play start in December 
the way it has. That would before. be the expectation that you I and I think. have talked about. Where January, and I think it it makes sense to do because you have this. You have your first conference game, then you have a lull because of New Year's, and you come back. It's just weird how that does. It, it seems yeah. smoother if you would do it like the way that they're planning on doing it. But I like the idea of playing these conference challenges at a time of the year where more people pay attention and they seemed like more meaningful games and with the right matchups, they can help net rankings for everybody uh, that's involved. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, um, I like where it's at, but I, you know, understand that TV rules the roost as well. Mm-hmm. want to remind everyone, if you're not subscribed rating and reviewing our hit that line podcast network, please do. So it's brought to you by breeding RV center. All you have to do is get on iTunes or Google play. If you have an Android and then click, hit that line, just search, hit that line, give us a five-star rating. Do that for a YouTube channel as well. Press conferences, live videos, the morning rush and halftime. We also have a couple other things. We put our interviews on there with the different guests that we have on halftime, the morning rush and Ruskin and Zach each week. Make sure to do that on both platforms to get our content out to the rest of the Razorback family. You know, by going to the game tonight, I think getting to the game will probably be manageable or maybe even easy for most because the temperatures are going to drop. Getting home however, could be a challenge depending on how far you got to drive. So one thing you might want to think about is calling our friends over at the end of the mill. Do that this morning. Go ahead and reserve yourself a room, 479-443-1800. Just why even risk it? You know, just stay in northwest Arkansas, 10 minutes or so from the arena, get up when you got daylight and head home the next day. I mean, uh, much, much safer. You're going to get a big spacious room. They're going to have a great breakfast for you. Uh, to start your day on Wednesday morning. They give you the personal touch, and it's right in the heart of everything in Northwest Arkansas. So whether it's tonight following the Arkansas-LSU game or your next trip to Northwest Arkansas for a concert at the Amp this summer, a trip to Crystal Bridges, or going to the next Arkansas home game, the Inn at the Mill is the place to stay. So if you're looking for a last-minute reservation for tonight, uh, call the Inn at the Mill and get that handled this morning. 479-443-1800 is their number. That's 443-1800 or reserve online at inatthemill.com. Talk about the amp. Do you see Nickelback is coming to the amp? Are you a Nickelback guy? No. No? No. Saw a lot of people making a big deal about that yesterday. I've seen sure you'll be now. front and center. I have never been to a Nickelback concert at all, but I am at least contemplating the idea of going. I am going to go see a, a guy at George's at some point, but I'm not a huge con- I I went to Garth. I think Garth's the last concert I've been to. I don't you got I thought you went concert. to Morgan Wallen. But that was in 2021. Garth was what, last oh, he year? He was at the Amp last... I didn't go to that. You didn't go? Uh-uh. Nope. I, I mean, I don't I don't even go to a concert once a year. It's once every two years. You go to more concerts than I do. I, like, I don't know if that's... I like them. I mean, I know... I don't really think it's a generational thing because I know a lot of people my age that love going to concerts, but it's just not something... I, I just don't ever think about it. You plan... You, uh, you, you look at where your favorite artist, whether it's... And I almost said George Jones, uh, <laughs> not George Jones. He's in concert. Uh, that would be a story. Yeah. Uh, what's his James Taylor and some yeah, of the like other artists that you go to? You I'd like to see George again, George Strait. Zach Brown should be back out this summer. I'd like to see Zach Brown. Are they going to the Amp? I don't know. They're. I like going to the Amp. Concerts at the Amp are fun. Um, but how, no, I don't know who. How big is the Amp? How many people? Do the lawns oh, pack in there? 7,000 or so, okay. I think, when the lawn's full. Something like that. I, I don't know the answer. I think that's about right. I was talking to um, someone who had backstage passes who's 
I went and saw Darius Rucker there last year. That was great. He's, I saw about three shows at the Amp. It was good. I was wagging. What's, I don't, outside of wagon wheel, I don't know that's a rendition of, is it not Old Smoky Row? Who's the, not Cheryl Crow, who, who did wagon wheel first? Oh, I don't know. He, again, did he that based. It. Yeah, he, yeah, it's a cover of, of that, but I, I was talking to someone who's backstage. His version is more famous with me, at least. Yeah, I, I can't say. And someone, one of our audience members knows who that is, but I was talking to someone. The Amp gets, it's crazy because most of these artists, they play at places much bigger than the Amp, mm-hmm. but the Amp gets some really quality yeah. people each and every week. I'm, yeah. I mean, um, It's pretty great. Yeah, I saw Darius Rucker, James Taylor, and I went to, who was the other show? Can't remember. I went there, and we, you know, a bunch of us went to Garth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we get some good stuff here in Northwest Arkansas. I guess Kenny Chesney is actually the last concert I've been to. I forgot about that, and he he came to the. It was on a Friday night, I think, during football season. I couldn't make that one. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'd be a good show. That was a that was a lot of fun. I, I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys for this sec. The article. So, think of Hogs Plus. It's DallasCowboys.com. It's basically their in-house media. They had a piece. Say the website name again. DallasCowboys.com. That's all you need to know right there. Okay. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in a narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup. The Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. That's by one of their own staff writers. Now, What would you call that? You were a journalism major. That that was the sub-headline? I, yeah, I don't. I don't even know. It's been it's been quite some time since I've been asked anything like that. But it's been less than ten years since you've been that's a in lot. school. Yeah, I. I mean, throw all that stuff away yeah. that I learned. But so th- th- this was what you would see when looking at the article and the description above mm-hmm. it, like on a Facebook post. And then when you open the article, that was like the 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 paragraph that's in italics mm-hmm. above the actual article in the byline. So, and again, this is at DallasCowboys.com. From their own in-house, supposed to be biased towards your team, franchised writer. By the way, the Darius Ruckert song is "Old Crow Medicine Show." But back to the the Cowboys thing. I think a lot of people were surprised that that made it, and it's still up now. It's gotten a lot of attention, and I know. Is that even something that Jerry Jones knows about? Like, he has so many other things. People are mad at Jerry Jones for letting that get out and letting that still be up. I mean, he's got so many other things that he's got going on. The idea that Jerry Jones has his hands on every single detail is kind of... I mean, I don't have my hand on every single detail, and I'm running a, you know, a a 1% of the size operation, if if even that here. So, I mean, yeah. Now, here's here's the thing. Once it became public, once it's out there, Jerry Jones didn't pull it down. Now, maybe it's a bad look if he did. I think it's good marketing because when I was up first thing Monday morning, I saw Christian's post and man, this is just tough being a cowboy. I'm a lifelong fan. And here comes the paragraph about why Dak Mm -hmm. is a disappointment. Every post that you saw yesterday about the Cowboys was why Dak was a disappointment. DallasCowboys.com was feeding the fan base exactly what they wanted to read, exactly what they wanted to hear. But it's also cutting the legs out from the quarterback well, as well. And that's the question I have. I don't think people would be against this if it was from the Dallas Star or Dallas 105. Morning News. Dallas Morning News. I said Dallas Star. So no, not Dallas Star. It's KC Star. Dallas Morning News, 105.3 The Fan, which is a big sports radio station in Dallas, if this was a non-Cowboys media entity. But I think what people are wondering is like, 
This is supposed wait, to be. Wait, wait, a are you saying that there's media out there that's biased that won't report their true feelings? Are you saying what we read on a school's website or a team's website isn't the whole truth? I would say that's probably oh. correct on that. But you I want that? Not for the but that's what I'm asking. Do you are you okay with that if you're someone within that locker room? If you're particularly if you're dad, oh, I'm, it, if I'm Dak, I'm mad. I'm pissed. I mean, you're supposed to have my back. That would be like hitthatline.com having a scathing article against me or you or somebody here. Yeah. We, I mean, why are we fanning the flame? Protect here? the she. Sh I know that's the NFL phrase, but in, in this, protect the star, right? Well, so I mean, this is something we can control. Can't control 99% of the media, but I control this 1%. Yeah. Doesn't feel like you got my back. I, I would feel betrayed. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe this is a small sign of what's to come at Dallas. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into that. But if I'm Dak Prescott, I am mad. Let's hear what Jimmy and Conway thinks. Jimmy, go ahead, man. Good morning. Top of the morning, fellas. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, this cowboy thing is nothing more than the curse of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> You've got an owner whose ego is so big, he will not get out of the way. If he'd have left Jimmy Johnson alone, the Cowboys would have won multiple more Super Bowl titles, I believe, because Johnson was that good of a coach. They won one without him because of, of what he did. You think Barry Switzer's right. Super Bowl was his or, or Jimmy's? Jimmy should have got a ring for it. Well, uh, he built the team. All, all he did is come in and steer the wheel, and you know, after a year, it fell apart on him because Jimmy wasn't there. But, I mean, until until he's gone and dead, I don't see him winning anything because he will not turn it over to someone that, that that knows what they're doing. Well, it's been circulating he's a smart the last... man. He's a businessman. He's not a football man. I mean, he, but, he understands but... football. Don't get me wrong. But he's more about making money, which he's great at. But, but... Jim, Jimmy, how do you explain the defense then? Because that defense is Super Bowl level defense. How do you explain that? He only gets credit for the the offense and not the defense? Who? Who gets credit for it? Jimmy. He put the I mean he, he put the entire team together, right? I mean Jimmy. Jerry. I said Jimmy. Jerry. Does he not get credit for the for the defense that the Cow would you agree the Cowboys have a great defense? I would agree that, yes. All right. I mean It'd be hard to dispute that. I mean he, he I don't know how much say he had in drafting Micah Parsons, but he's got all Parsons. the say. He's the owner yeah. of the team. What do you mean how much no. say? Well, he I'm just saying you can't you can't say he's he makes all these horrible decisions on one side of the ball, but he gets no credit the for the good decisions and, on and, the defensive side of the ball. And the issue, Jimmy, you tell me if I'm wrong as a Cowboys fan, the issue five to ten years ago was not the defense, it was the offense. Or excuse me, it was the defense, not the offense. Like the offense was putting up prolific numbers under Romo and company, but the defense couldn't stop a high school team, right? It was it's been switched basically, right? Yes. Okay. It, Jim, I agree. I mean, appreciate it, the call, Jimmy. There's a lot of been a lot of criticism, but when you own the team and it's your money, you have the right to to make good and bad decisions, and that's that's what Jerry's done. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. 
We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Our Morning Rush daily question. Is this Arkansas basketball team an NCAA tournament squad without Nick Smith Jr.? 877-377-6963. We welcome in Bruce Stan Pradco Fishing. Bruce, I'll let you hit this one first. You think this team can go postseason? I'm not talking about NIT. I'm not talking about CBI. Can get, they go to the tournament without Nick Smith Jr.? I, I definitely think so. You know, got to go to the game on uh, Saturday, and uh, YN said thanks for the tickets, Tommy. You're welcome. But, uh, you know, Musk did what he's done the last few years. You, you can see in the second half, he really screwed that rotation down, and there wasn't a lot of substituting, uh, you know, and it's Musk's team. You sit your number one scorer down because he's not performing and he doesn't see the court again. Uh, that That's what it takes uh, to win. That's what he's going to do. And I, I think you saw what he's done in the past. You, you're not going to see 10, nine men play. You're going to see six, seven men play. And they're going to play physical. And they're going to rebound. And they're going to get after the ball. And you know they're they're still going to have some offensive challenges this team, but yeah, I, I think I think they're going to get down to who's going to body up and dive on the floor and you know play physical and play defense and rebound. And uh, I think you saw a little bit of that. And you know, albeit it was Ole Miss, they're not good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably the worst shooting team in the SEC, probably behind Tennessee and Arkansas. Uh, not a great shooting team at all, uh, but they still had a, that ten zero run. But yeah, this this team will make the tournament. They'll find a way. You're gonna see a lot uh, going that way. They need to win that game at Baylor on uh, Saturday. That's mm-hmm. that's a huge RPI game. Yep. You got to play ugly. You know, you watched that game last night. Baylor came out like they were gonna tear Kansas head off and win by thirty, and you know they kind of fell back into ugly basketball. Uh, but they're going to bring their A game to win that one. Baylor's got really talented guards. I don't know the status of Mikel Mitchell heading into tonight's game. He was wearing a boot, like Tommy mentioned yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play tonight. But you've got to be able to take advantage of your if you have your height situation tonight. Baylor's going to be more about the guard play. Here's the thing: Arkansas is fortunate. SEC is just a bad conference. We got three teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Uh, you know, this is not as good a conference as the Big 12. It's not as good a conference as the Big 10. So, you know, you got a lot of wins out there. You got LSU's bad. South Carolina's bad. Florida and Georgia are mediocre. There, there's a lot of wins out there for Arkansas if they just take care of business. They can win at South Carolina. That's a road matchup, I think, the first weekend of February. I think it's the second you or third. You have to win at South Carolina. Yeah, that should be a game that uh, I think I'll South Carolina. I'll tell you why coming up. No. All right. Do you want to go and get into it, Tommy? Just I want to, to tell say. you why I think they'll make the tournament or, or what it'll take first. The freshmen got to grow up. You, you've got to just see elevated play out of Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black. The the young guys that you're depending on can't play like freshmen for the rest of the season. I mean, they're still growing, and I think they'll mature and they'll evolve, and I think that's why they can make the tournament. But you're going to have to get to at least nine SEC wins. There's just not much precedent for Power 5 conferences for teams with losing conference records getting into the tournament unless they win their conference tournament. There's not a lot of history of that. So you're going to have to hustle. You've dug yourself a hole, 
but you're on the right track with one win. You got to win tonight and keep it going. But you're going to have to find a way to get to at least nine SEC wins and make the tournament. That means the freshmen got to play more like sophomores. Yeah, let's talk about the five freshmen without Nick for just a sec. Anthony can't turn the ball over. He had a great eight to two assist to turnover ratio on Saturday. It's got to be more like that the rest of the way. He's had some games where he can't hold on to the basketball. Joseph has to make shots on the road. Hasn't shown the ability to have an impact on the road just yet. He can do it at home. Got to do that on the road too, young man. Then you look at Jordan. Jordan's got to stay out of foul trouble. That's his thing. Foul, foul, foul. Didn't do it on Saturday. Played 40 minutes. Had great impact. I think he was like plus 21, plus 17 on plus minus. I don't think Barry's going to really have an impact the rest of the way. And then Darian, when he gets in, just give you minutes. That's his thing. Just come in, be valuable. Don't turn the ball over. Just give you strong minutes when Musselman puts you in the game. I'd say those are kind of the five little things for those guys. And I think Black, one or two games, he's going to have to be Todd Day. Like Zakai mm-hmm. Ziegler, 5'10 for Tennessee. He's got to post him up the whole game. They're going to have to make Tennessee switch. They're just going to have to make some team switch and double team and get people open. He's, he's got to take advantage of well, that. Six, him and Ricky seven. Council got to have some double-doubles. They you, got to. Yeah. And, and that's what you're you're not seeing. Yeah, they may get you more than 10 points, but they're not getting the rebounds to go along with it. The only thing close to a double-double at times is the turnovers to go along uh, with the points. So uh, you've got to get to where you're getting, you know, Todd Day numbers would be 20-plus points, and you probably need close to 10 rebounds and, mm-hmm. and five assists to go along. That's the kind of number you need out of – out of black moving forward. And council's got to give you 22 at some point to beat the better teams that are on the back end of your schedule. That's what you're well, going to have can, to have. Council can't do what he did the other night against Ole Miss. They're fortunate it was Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams, that would have been bad. And on the subject of Anthony Black, if you go back and watch that Oral Roberts Sweet 16 game, Jalen Tate just posted up Max Abmas like 10 straight possessions, and they didn't do a thing about it. That's a veteran going up against a smaller player. I don't know how much Anthony posted up in high school at Duncanville, but he has the capability. You saw it a little bit. They just need to go to it a little more when he's got a small guy on him like Ziegler or someone else. You've got to take advantage of that size somehow. Wouldn't you think that the freshman from Texas would be a little motivated to play Baylor two years removed from a national championship? Absolutely. I mean, wouldn't you think they'd want to show out down there in Waco? Yeah, especially those guards. you got that Langston Love kid, five-star, coming off that ACL who's playing. they got that top top ten kid whose name I'm forgetting. Keontae George is his name. Then you got Flagler, who's on the national championship team. And then you've got LJ Cryer, who had like seven threes last night. I mean, that that guard play for Baylor, it's not as good as it was two years ago, but they are good. You got to show up on Saturday. Well, you got to show up tonight. Then you got to show up on Saturday. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Who are the best basketball teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. All right, let's take a look. I thought this was a separation week last week. I thought the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom identified themselves in the SEC. You had four teams go 2-0 last week. Probably don't need a lot of help to figure that out. Alabama, 2-0. Tennessee, 2-0. Kentucky, 2-0. Auburn, 2-0. They're, they're the teams that are – and Kentucky's kind of joining that group. Their conference record doesn't match those three other ones in that group. But, guys, I thought this week – the top end of the league separated itself in last week's ball games. I agree. Yeah, my question: Can Alabama run the table? 
can they go without getting beat? Because they sure look like it right now. Yeah, we thought at the conference champion have 14, maybe 13 wins and a tie. Ugh. I don't see anybody catching uh, Alabama. No. I don't see Alabama being south of 15 uh, yeah. at this point. All right, so here's how the Pradco Pyramid of Power works. If you're listening for the first time on this segment, think about a pyramid at the top. We got one team on the top shelf, two teams on the middle shelf, three teams on the bottom shelf of this pyramid. So think about it. That's so we're essentially identifying teams one through six in this league, and we'll talk about some of the others. Alabama remains at the top, 17-2 on the year. Last week, they beat Vanderbilt and Missouri. Not impressive teams, but scrappy teams with both of them. This week, they get Mississippi State. On Wednesday, they play at OU in the, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge on Saturday. Alabama, there's just not much discussion. They're the best team in this league. That's an easy week. Uh, at Oklahoma, is just a great draw for mm-hmm. Alabama because it's you know, you're going on the road, but Oklahoma's found a lot of ways to lose close games this year. <laughs> Mississippi State, 1-6 and six in the league. They went 0-2 last week. Tennessee, they're uh, on that second shelf along with Auburn this week. Tennessee actually has a higher net ranking than Alabama right now. They're number four in the poll. Alabama number two in the poll. Bama, or, uh, Tennessee 16-3, and 6-1 and one last week. Beat Mississippi State and LSU. Again, one of the reasons we got separation, Alabama plays Vandy and Missouri. Probably two of the the worst teams in this league, State and LSU, is who uh, Tennessee beat last week. This week, Georgia on Wednesday, not a tough challenge there. We'll find out about what Tennessee's made of when they play Texas on Saturday in Knoxville. Yeah, so that, that'll that'll be an interesting game. That's a game they really need to win for the league. Rick, Rick Barnes for get themselves. emotional in that game. He he might yeah. might might yell at somebody. So. <laughs> so <laughs> might yell at somebody. Uh, Auburn's on that second shelf too. There's just nobody that's really proven otherwise they beat lsu in south carolina last week so that doesn't you know overly impress you but how do you knock them down they're six and one in the league 16 and three overall ranked 15th in the country 23rd in the net rankings right now they get a&m uh tomorrow night then they play at west virginia on saturday so i got auburn kind of that number three hole this week in the uh, pyramid of power that's, that's a little trickier week a&m's not been terrible and uh, west virginia at home uh you know Big Bob Huggins sitting over there on the sideline. That, that that could be interesting. All right, so last week we snuck Kentucky in on the back end of the pyramid. It's kind of team number six. This week I got Kentucky at the lead end of the bottom of the pyramid of power. Uh, Kentucky, of course, uh, last week beat Georgia and then beat A&M at home. The A&M wins the one that kind of moves them up. A&M was already on that shelf. Kentucky's 39th in net rankings right now. Out of the poll, they're 4-3 and three in the league, but... I think we're all starting to see it, guys. They're starting to round into form a little bit like Kentucky often does this time of the year. Oscar Chiba is going to have a massive game on Saturday against Kansas. They got no one that can guard him size-wise. He's going to go for 20 and 20 in that game. Got to go to Nashville tonight and take on Vandy. That will be uh, one of the later games. I believe that's an 8 o'clock That'll game. That'll be a tricky game. Vanderbilt's got size, and they can knock down threes. That, that, mm-hmm. that could be a game. Number one team in the league in offensive efficiency. They can fill it up. All right, so A&M slides down a spot. They're kind of in the middle of the bottom of the pyramid. You can't put them ahead of Kentucky after Kentucky just beat them. So A&M, who's 13-6, uh, and 5-1 and one on the year, they beat Florida and then lost, of course, at Kentucky, as we're talking about. Uh, they're kind of team number five. They got Auburn tomorrow night. That's going to be a huge test, I think, for both teams. That game's on the Plains. Um, A&M, I don't want to say they're, they're, they're waffling, but they're, hit, they're hitting that stride. Everybody said, well, but A&M hadn't played anybody. They don't if, if they're if they're what they want people to believe they are, then 
you know, this is the game they got to win. Mm-hmm. They won't win at Auburn. Yeah, that might be the one. If you want to look at an Alabama loss, I'm assuming they go two and away. That's probably the one loss Bama has is going to the jungle fight, I guess. All right, so A&M is not involved in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They play Auburn, as we just said, and then Vanderbilt at uh, College Station on Saturday. So they got a chance to improve on their 5-1 and one record. They're 5-1. and one. They become maybe 5-2 and two tonight. They could be 6-2 and two if they beat Bandy at home, which I would suspect they would. Then uh, last week, we were about Georgia and Florida. Jay, Georgia had no one two week. They fall off the pyramid of power. Florida moves in after a one and one week. They lost at AM by two in a game that Buzz Williams nearly uh, just completely messed up the clock management at the end of that ball game with not calling the timeout. And then uh, Florida beat Mississippi State by two on Saturday as well. They're yeah, four and three in the league. Buzz right does now. it with style, though, with the vest, you know? <laughs> At, uh, I don't know if you remember the end of that game. It was right before the Arkansas game in the middle of the week, and they just really made a, nearly made a mess of the end of that ball game. All right, Florida's got South Carolina. Uh, that game is tomorrow night. And then uh, Kansas State uh, uh, at the Little Apple on Saturday. So that's the pyramid of power. Alabama at the top, Tennessee and Auburn on Tier 2, Kentucky, A&M, and Florida on the bottom shelf. You're doing a fine job. It was pretty easy this week. There really wasn't a lot of debate other than that last spot. I mean, and you look at who the candidates would be. I mean, last week you had the four teams we mentioned go 2-0. and Missouri, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Florida, and A&M went, um, all went 1-1 one and one in the league. You, you look at who else could you really put in there. I mean, if we want to debate Florida doesn't belong in, uh, could you put Arkansas back in there? They got a net ranking of 27, but they're 2-5 and five in the league right now. Ole Miss, no. Vanderbilt or Missouri, maybe, but maybe. but but their resume's not as good as Florida. So I think the top six right now in this league, at least going into tonight, based on what they've done, is pretty pretty, uh, pretty easy to identify. Yeah. It's easy to identify. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is kind of probably somewhere in that 7 or 8, 9 range right now. Their net ranking carries them a little bit. Their league record knocks them down a little bit. Uh, if the tournament was today, I don't know if they'd get in. Lenardi says no, right? Now there are seven right now. Right now, because the other night, they weren't in the... I know. So their net ranking keeps them in the conversation, but their league record's got to improve dramatically to get there. Arkansas is going to win some games. Got to win five or six in a row. Just You got to win some games at this point. You look at... Uh, I talked to you, telling you, I was going to tell you about South Carolina. Any guesses of what South Carolina's net ranking is right now? Outside, the top, outside the top 200. 150. What are you saying? Give me a number. Uh, 211. 279 Good. yesterday. Wow. God. And they beat Kentucky. I went back and looked at their non-con schedule. I mean, they've got some horrific losses. They um, got that kid, C.G. Jackson, who played with Nick Smith Jr. on a couple of, I think it, maybe it was Team USA or something, but he's their one bright spot about po- that Post team. Frank Martin's not been good so far. Nope. He's in UMass. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I think that's here's, right. Here's South Carolina's problem. You say, well, why are they 279? In quad three games, they're 0-5. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. 6-1 and one in quad four games. They even have a quad four loss. Uh, I think that's the <laughs> – Arkansas still inside the top 25 unless it's changed. No, I just it, told you what it, it was. Uh, 27. 27. Okay, so it's still inside the top 30. That's the benefit of their – That was yesterday. I hadn't looked at okay. it this morning, but – that's that was yesterday's numbers. The benefit of some of the conference, excuse me, non-conference games they had to play. Because if this was, if we were sitting here at this point last year, Arkansas would be far down the list in net rankings. But because that non-conference schedule was better this year, they have the benefit of the doubt. And then you've still got these 
these games ahead that you'll play some quad one opportunities. You just got to take advantage and win some of them. LSU's one thirty tonight. I don't know if that's quad three or what what yeah. that means anymore. I mean, we just know top seventy five yeah. on the right. You know, we we kind of know what one means, but uh, and what and what becomes two. I'm not sure where one thirty falls on a home game, but. You can't lose this game tonight for a lot of reasons. Georgia's at 105. You know, you, you just look at some of these teams. A&M's at 52. They're coming up on the backside of this. Baylor, I, I need to look at where they're at this point and write it down, but they were in the top 15 before last night's game. So um, I look for them to be even higher after beating Kansas. So there's some rent, net ranking opportunities. Yeah. Bottom line is you just got to win. Your record has to put you in a position not your net rankings to get into the tournament. So at the end of the day, you just got to win ball games, And you can't have any more 0-2 weeks like they had a week ago. Arkansas at least got to win this week. And you look at the schedule, um, you know, you got Ole Miss last, and you get LSU and Baylor. And Baylor, you know, doesn't help your, your standings. But, boy, you talk about a net ranking opportunity. That's huge. Next week, Texas A&M and outside, at South Carolina, you can, as we just said, 279. And they were up three spots at that. Uh, yesterday, you cannot lose to South Carolina, and it's weird because they played better on the road than they have at home, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that when you look at Kentucky's resume and that game there and that loss a couple of weeks ago, that that's that's going to be a real problem for Kentucky down the road somewhere in the uh, in the seeding process. Yeah, w- one thing I guess we're kissing goodbye to the Big Twelve SEC Challenge this week, aren't yep. we? This will be the last one, so, so I, I'll miss it. I think it's creates a lot of good games like Kentucky Kansas that's just that's a great game to watch uh, Arkansas Baylor Tennessee Texas those those are great games to watch they won't give Arkansas Duke and probably not North Carolina who do you think that their first ACC matchup is next year because they're going to put this ACC SEC challenge prior to Thanksgiving who do you think they pair Arkansas with next year like NC State, NC State Wake Forest some, someone like Florida NC State, State maybe yeah who would you like to play besides Duke and North Carolina I mean Kentucky's going to play North Carolina <laughs> You think? Yeah, that 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 would be my expectation. I mean, they might. Virginia's they probably get, they'll probably pair North Carolina, Tennessee, with the proximity of Chapel Hill to Knoxville. If I had to guess, um, I probably well, guys. Say, if Bama wins the league, yeah, Bama's going to play one of those. North yeah, but they're going to lose all. Everybody's going to the NBA off that. Yeah, team. but they're going to get that nod. So, so Bama, you think Bama, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky. I think Arkansas probably gets NC State. I'd mm-hmm. say that's a good guess. Go to either go to Raleigh or you, they come to Fayetteville. That's not bad. I don't. I don't mind that. I've I've, I've got Benson. Virginia Tech Raleigh. beat Duke last night. I saw. Yeah, they did. They are five and one in the last six games in Blacksburg. They went against Duke. They Duke has not had success. Duke, Duke is bad. This they're year. Not, they don't look good. They're bad. Shire and North Carolina's not good either. Yeah. Davis and Shire got to figure that out. Those are. I think what we should do is play Miami on the road, and then Bruce, you and I go cover. Yes, game. yes, we can do some R and D. Coral Gables, cats and mahi, and <laughs> yeah, that'd be, be all right. about that. That'd be what I'd be about. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the game and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Hawks trying to tame the Tigers tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. In addition, we'll have it right here for you on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. You are a 12.5 point favorite on the Bet Saracen app tonight. Here is Eric Musselman last night on the spirits of this team. We felt like practice, shoot-arounds, leading up to the Ole Miss game, that, that we had the right mind frame. And I think, you know, since the Ole Miss game, we've our spirits probably because of win i have been uplifted a little bit more the energy level's been at a really high level especially today and i'm sure we'll have a good shoot around tomorrow as well coach sounded like he lost his voice i was listening to him last yeah. night he uh a little raspy a little raspy a little yeah. bit but uh you've got hog reaction tonight with zach and myself following the game and just reminder on all these stations in addition to hit that line.com if you're driving back i know that there's some possible weather concerns following that you can also listen on hitthatline.com but hopefully we'll have something good to talk about following this performance yeah and um you know tonight's one of those you know you can't keep saying must win but this is a game you can't lose i mean it's a home game number one it's lsu who's 130 in the net ranking this is a game if you're hoping to make the tournament and you're planning to make the tournament um if your name's going to be announced on Selection Sunday, this is a game that's got to be a W. Yeah, Musselman has framed the rest of the way as each game being the Super Bowl. Jordan Walsh mentioned that in the postgame. Eric Musselman talked about that. That's how they have to look at it because there's really no room for error for here on out. This team wants to play postseason ball. When I say postseason, I mean the NCAA tournament, not hosting an IT game. The game you're expected to win. Yeah, you are going to be sporting pink uniforms and polos tonight. The coaching staff will do that as the Coaches versus Cancers uh, campaign. And Danielle's going to be honored. Make sure I get this right. She is going to be honored for her contributions to raising over a million dollars for the uh, this and throw away that one sheet. I need the sneakers thing. Yeah. Um, Suits and sneakers. Suits and sneakers, yes. But she's uh, good she, for her in Northwest Arkansas. Good, good for the organizations that got the mm-hmm. the benefit of her her celebrity and in her place in Northwest Arkansas, and good for her for putting it to use to to great to to great cause and a great outcome. Presented the St. George Award by the American Cancer Society. Again, raised over a million dollars for the Snoots and Suits, if I could say it, Suits and Sneakers campaign when it comes to cancer awareness. All right, keeping uh, your hog update going, you are somehow, someway still a seven seed by Joe Lenardi. Uh, They've got you matched up against the Terps of Maryland. I think this was a game way out east, but that's where... uh, matter right now. Yeah, as, as you heard Musselman say, the top are open... Bracketology is not a big deal and not something he focuses on. Now, for some of you, and for a good chunk of you, even though baseball season has not started, you're very aware of what's happening the coming of the weeks. Maybe you listen to Dave Van Horn, I think, spoke on Friday. They've got their Swatters Club stuff coming up in the yeah, coming weeks as well. I was well. looking at Baseball America's poll. Um, I think eight of the top 25 are SEC teams. Wow. 
And Arkansas is 11th in that poll, by the way. Top, was it, one, two, and three were all SEC teams. And five of those eight in the top 25 in Baseball America were in the Western Division. So, <laughs> you know what you call that? Another year Another in the year. SEC. In That's the what you call that. But think about it. eight of the 25. That's basically a third of your poll is all from one mm-hmm. conference. I was uh, yeah. talking with James. Uh, yeah, 11th in the country. That's a good point, Christian. Seven. Was seventh in the league. Yeah. 11th in the country was seventh in the league. That's crazy. I was talking with James Teague, a former Razorback pitcher. He's going to join halftime starting in February at 12-15. And just talking about the dynamics of like Hagan Smith, who's probably going to be your Friday night guy, and McIntyre and Tiger and all these other guys that are going to be pitching, the different roles that they'll have this year relative to last year. Your pitching staff's going to be the strength of this team. I don't think there's any question about that. You added, I think, four transfers. That Nebraska kid, people are really excited about him. But baseball season's not too far around the corner. But the reason I bring up baseball is because I was looking at Hogbin tickets yesterday. The Tennessee Hogbin, not only was the Tennessee game sold out because the season sold out, they sold out the Hogman tickets for Tennessee like that morning. So I know they go on sale for the public today. Razorback Foundation was yesterday. I don't. I think it's going to be very hard to get one of those Tennessee tickets. Oh, they I, were gone. I was. I'd be surprised if there was much to the general public even mm-hmm. available left for the Hogman. But if you're a foundation, everybody needs extra Tennessee tickets. And if nothing else, I mean, I, I wish we hadn't been busy around the office. I'd I'd like to get on and see if I could have got some of those Tennessee ones because. I mean, what could you have sold those for? I mean, yeah. come come time if if everything lives up. So that's that's going to be highly anticipated. But that might be your only way in to the ballpark is through the hog pen. Yeah, I tried Friday, Saturday, and Sunday yesterday. I think they went on sale at nine. I tried at like nine ten, and they were Gone. you couldn't even get one yeah. for the. Now you could get for other SEC series and other series. You could still get them, but Tennessee, gone. It, it's it's a bigger deal this year. For that series than the Arkansas-Kentucky basketball game is and, and as far as difficulty of a ticket. Yep. I know there's half as many available, but there's seemingly equal demand for that series, even though there's three games. And if you look at it that way, just call it 10,000 a night. That's 30,000 tickets. Good luck. I mean, a basketball game, I know it's one versus, but you, you get what I'm saying. There's just nothing available for that weekend yeah. anywhere. It's going to be a, a fun weekend. Like you said, I hope it lives up to the billing. That's going to do it for Hog Update. Brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Charlie and Camden's phoned in. Charlie, go ahead, man. What's up, guys? Can you guys hear me okay? Loud and clear. All right, well, for now. But, uh... You know what? I was looking on Twitter last night, and you know when they announced the whole pink out thing? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this thing for whatever reason. Not just, obviously, how important the game is, but, but the cause and what it means. Uh, you know, I've had some people in my life uh, who I've lost to cancer and, um, you know, family members and things of that nature, and I just think it's such a cool... I hope that darn crowd is pinker than pink could be. <laughs> so I know you got some pink on you. I think you should. I think Tommy should allow you to wear that beautiful pink shirt that you have, whatever cowboy hat you want to wear. I mean, whatever you want to, just everything pink, man. I mean, just throw it on. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. I don't care what anybody says. I know there were some people on Twitter, uh, you know, bashing it a little bit. I'm like, what, what, what the heck is wrong with people? I don't understand. It's not about you, you know. It's about the cause. So 
Anyway, I'm really excited about this game. I think we got a shot. Who's the kid for LSU that's been talking noise, though? Uh, Adam Miller. He put out something okay, following the win. And uh, he's the one, if you remember, that kind of poked Anthony Stepped Black over. in the face. And they didn't call that foul in the okay. last minute of the game. Okay. Why don't they just throw Kamani out there and let him fill him? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. We don't We don't need that. I was only kidding. But, uh, you know, because Kamani is that enforcer that we have. But anyway, you know, we got to win this game. Uh, I don't know if we'll cover 12 and a half. I don't care what the score is as long as we win. So. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a big game tonight. And, uh, Charlie, thanks for your call. I mean, I think it'll be a physical game as well. But Arkansas can keep making six, seven, eight threes. I think they got a chance. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Hour number three of the Morton Rush, Arkansas basketball back in action tonight against LSU inside of Bud Walton Arena. I know Tom Murphy is itching to talk about it. We'll welcome in the guy from Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette coming up in just a bit. Hey, another big weekend of racing coming up at Oakland this weekend. In fact, it's one of the richest weekends we've had so far. In fact, the richest weekend we've had so far. The $750,000 Southwest Stakes is on Saturday, also the $200,000 Martha Washington Stakes and the $150,000 King Cotton Stakes all this weekend. They race every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but Saturday is a big, big, big day. So uh, get to Oakline, or if you can't go, download the Oakline Anywhere app to your phone, tablet, or computer. In fact, if you sign up right now, you get a $150 sign-up bonus by using the promo code RUSH23. Apply that, and uh, you'll get that discount, or that bonus, rather, uh, when you sign up right now. That's promo code RUSH23 for your $150 sign-up bonus, and get ready for three huge stakes races this weekend. In fact, the Southwest Stakes has Kentucky Derby qualifying points. 20 of them go to the winner this weekend. We'll talk more about it on Friday. Get ready for the first post time on Friday at 1230. Get the Oakland Anywhere app and enjoy the weekend. Promo code RUSH23. For your $150 sign-up bonus. Tom, welcome in. Good morning. You lost a really tight one to open up conference play against the Tigers. Didn't shoot the ball well. You're a 12.5-point favorite heading into tonight's matchup. Outside of just making shots, what else does this team have to do better in order to get a second consecutive win tonight? Hey, good morning, guys. Always a pleasure to be with you. You know, I, I, 
it's translating your athleticism onto the court, like making your defense turn into your offense. Because I think uh, this team, I think half court offense um, is one of their you know issues, and the more they can generate tur- turnovers, steals, and put them into points, the better. They're a great transition team. I mean, thinking about council dunks and all that, and it seems to me like they're they're you know they're slowly finding their their footing without Brazil and Smith and you know hopefully Smith comes back hopefully they have to go through another slight transition but I think they'll be a better team for it um I think one of the most interesting facets of this team is watching on a game by game basis who comes off the bench and gives them big minute, minutes you know it was uh, opinion against um <clears> oh <throat> miss the other day there's been games where Jalen Graham has really risen up the Alabama game um you know, Darian Ford's gotten a little bit of run lately. Barry Dunning got in the other day. Not not for long, but um, just trying to filter some guys in there. So it all adds up to me. LSU's a team that's really struggling. They've taken several home losses. I mean, big on-the-chin losses and probably uh, lacking in a little bit of confidence. Arkansas needs to jump on these guys. Devontae Davis has been a guy that's really stepped up as of late. Coach was very complimentary of him following the game on Saturday and last night at Eric Musselman Live at Sassy's. Tom, what have you noticed that's been different about Devo these last few games? Well, uh, the, the biggest thing, he's shooting the three with a little more confidence. And, and what a difference that makes when you make threes. You're a better shooter. The, the crowd's more into it. <clears throat> and it just changes the complexion of games when you can put threes in. And they've had their struggles with that. Um, also, you know, more minutes. Um, you know, Council's minutes were reduced the other day. I'd like to see him get more in the flow this time. Um, and, you know, it had been a long time since the media had talked to Devontae. It was before the, the game that he missed. So we're talking weeks ago. Um, and it was good to hear his voice the other night. How much of that first game with LSU was this team still trying to figure out Nick Smith and his, you know, when he would be back, if he'd be back, how to play without him. Um, this team's evolved out of that. How, how much of that first loss do you think you could could pin on the idea that they were still trying to figure out life without Nick Smith at that point? Right. I think there's a great deal of that. And uh, just to put everyone back into the mental picture of it, um, I'm sitting in the uh, letterman's room or whatever they call the recruiting room at the Liberty Bowl. Um, during the key stretches of the game. And, and I remember in the press box, we were talking, this football game is going to outscore the basketball game because it was just mortal combat, you know, hand-to-hand combat, bad shooting from the three, from the free throw line, from everywhere, from both teams in that game. And I think it's a game now that you look back on and Arkansas let one get away. I mean, the way people are going into Baton Rouge now and winning is – becoming pretty commonplace and you just hate that Arkansas you know did not get that win and the Missouri win but um you know I think Arkansas is a much better team and LSU is has not won a game since is Devo the key the rest of the way not not just defensively but we saw in this previous game with Ole Miss his three-point shooting his offensive uh, numbers go up is is Devo the key player down the stretch in your mind well, I mean, he's certainly a component or one of the biggest keys. Uh, when you think about when their half-court offense struggles, but when he can drive in the lane and what he creates out of it, it's just being under control a little bit more. You know, there's two or three times in the game, two or three passes he makes that you're like, well, why? Why, why does that have to be a no-look? Is it cooler to throw a no-look than it is to just look at the guy and pass it to him? 
because um, the turnovers are, are can be a problem. And he actually talked about that the other night, how, you know, we're such good athletes and we all, you know, expect good things from each other that sometimes we try to throw passes in the windows that are just too tight or, you know, the guys, you know, back cutting and somebody gets a hand in the way, you know, things, things like that. So um, he is a key and his maturity is a big uh, part of whether Arkansas is going to succeed because he's, he's, He's kind of a, um, a glue guy, and he just needs to uh, tighten the turnovers up a little bit more, and, and that will put Arkansas on its way. Tom, we asked the question in hour two, is this team an NCAA tournament team without Nick Smith Jr.? Let's say he comes back and then doesn't play or he doesn't play much at all and that they just look out of sync. Based on what you've seen and based on kind of where they've shifted as late, can you see this team making the NCAA tournament without getting Nick Smith Jr. back? Oh, that's a good question. Um, got to get a road win or two, and I would say maybe two. Uh, you've got some really tough games coming up. Um, still got to play Tennessee. Still got a uh, home and away with Kentucky, which is playing well, and um, still got a road game at Alabama. So, um, I don't know. I, it, I think all the analysts have them in, and that has to do with their strength of schedule and stuff, but you got to win some games against it as well. I think they can be um, an NCAA tournament team at at ten and eight in the league. Um, certainly, if they can get to eleven and seven, I think they're in. Uh, but let's let's hope that we don't have to go through that mental exercise and that Nick Smith comes back and and they really make a push as Eric Musselman's teams have done the last two years. I know Dallas Cowboy fans have been dealing with a lot of stuff mentally. Kellen Moore's reportedly getting interviewed for the Carolina Panthers head coaching vacancy. Tom, in your opinion, what should the Dallas Cowboys do based on another disappointment in the playoffs? Well, I, you know, I'm I'm not as um, intimate with their roster and the details that, you know, what they need to do. I like their double backs. I don't know what the contract status of Pollard and, and uh, Elliot are. I like that, though. Um, CD lamb is, I think going to be one of the top receivers in the league for a few years running. Um, and I like Dak and, you know, he had the picks in the game and at least one of them was avoidable, but I like him. And I think you could still win with him as the face of your franchise. So, um, I think teams sometimes fan bases are too quick to want to pull the triggers on regimes and get guys out. But I think in the long run, um, it, it's detrimental. You know, you're, you, you're rebuilding, you have different visions in your, within your fr- franchise, your organization. So I, I hope they keep Mike McCarthy. Um, don't run that last play, man. I mean, I know it was a long shot anyway, but that thing, that thing had no chance. And Frank Caliendo is going to turn it into a, <laughs> a Madden summer all. And I love those things. I mean, there are very few things I love in our field, what we do than listening to a Frank Caliendo call. <laughs> He is pretty good. You know, we had a call earlier, earlier, you know, calling for Jerry Jones to, to once again step aside, make no player personnel decisions, that, uh, you know, his leadership in that part of the team he owns was, is, uh, is the downfall. But I, my counter to that is then how do you explain the defense? You know, does Jerry only pick and select the offensive players? Because they have a defense that's pretty good, Tom. So I don't know how to balance all that, but to me it – you can't say Jerry shouldn't be involved in player personnel uh, any longer, but then you got a defense that's probably as good as any in the NFL right now. Well, good point. And, yeah, their defense was more than good. I mean, they, were, they were one of the best in the league. And, you know, 
I'm sure it's, there's a collaborative effort that goes on, and, and I think Stephen has taken more and more of a role in doing that. So, um, but who's going to tell Jerry Jones what to do, right? So, um, you know, hopefully the Cowboys can kind of, in the coming years, not at the expense of my Falcons, but you know, get better, win more playoff games, and but you got to think. The 49ers look like with Shanahan, they're kind of, quote, here to stay. Um, you know, Green Bay is probably not going to be down for long. And there are other teams that are, like, kind of kicking up the, the notch. I mean, the Detroit Lions almost got in the playoffs. The Giants look like they're going to be a solid team under Dayball. I mean, and the Eagles, um, who knows what's going to happen with them, but they look pretty doggone stout for years to come. And I know things can change overnight in the NFL, but they look solid. The Vikings, you know, um, had a really good year. So it, it's tough. It's a tough battle, man. Tom, let's talk about everyone else's uh, other favorite football team. That'd be the Arkansas Razorbacks. I thought it was interesting after the Dan Enos news came out and, and uh, solidified who the offensive coordinator was going to be. The following day, I believe it was Friday, Arkansas's uh, uh, NIL collective announced that KJ had been re-signed uh, for, uh, for the coming season to kind of quell any rumors or rumblings of him maybe following Kendall Bryles to TCU. What was your take when... That tweet came out, that announcement came out that uh, they, they have inked him to another year with NIL agreements at Arkansas. Yeah. Do you think those were interconnected? Uh, no. um, <laughs> they were welded. Um, not, not interconnected. They were welded together. Welded together. You know, I, I, I think the fan base needed to hear that. I think it's good for KJ to basically say, because, you know, if it lingers, then you're like, what is KJ thinking? And so hopefully, it, you know, you think of this as being his last year. Um, he's well ingrained here. Uh, nice to see that Rocket was attached to the same deal because that's your one-two punch. And I know there were fans who were very concerned about losing one or or both. And can you imagine having to try to rebuild like a new quarterback and all that kind of stuff? I I love their running back room though. And uh, I mean that's kind of one of the I think because it's so stable. I think it's a little bit undervalued how Jimmy Smith and I did a story on that during the course of the year how. They've been able to keep A.J. Green and hopefully Dubinion's happy and, and that, you know, that whole room produces like it did because there's very few in the country who uh, who are as productive. But I've gone off on a tangent. Um, hopefully the NIL deal is, is good and they and they stick around for Razorback fans and uh, to reduce the angst in the offseason. What do you think about the latest commitment from Trajan Jeffcoat out of Missouri? Had a really good, I think, freshman season in 2020. Backed off a little bit, but uh, their latest addition in the portal. Yeah, um, heard about him a little over the weekend and thought, wow, now that would be huge. I mean, a veteran pass rusher in the SEC. Um, I, I haven't gone back and looked at his stats yet, but um, when you when you get a guy like that, it can only help your team. You know, you just hope that it's a it's a good mesh in the locker room and and that kind of thing. But hey, look, I think there's a little bit of excitement when Travis Williams. Um, and Woodson kind of working in combo. And, you know, Deke Adams has been a good plus for this staff as well. So, I don't know. I think I think they're going to get some players who um, are going to enjoy playing for this defensive staff. And maybe Sam Pittman is pushing the right button. Um, I think it was good that he got in a former head coach um, and that he and Enos can collaborate a little bit. And uh, perhaps they can retain personnel better in the coming off season. And, and still, one more full time assistant to to announce at least, isn't that right? Number, if I missed something. Yeah, yeah, there is, and you know, you're not sure are they going to do Deke Adams? Um, 
put, give him half the line and bring in another right. guy for the line or bring in a defensive backs guy to split duties with Woodson. Um, they've left that a little bit up in the air. So uh, yeah. I, I do anticipate that it might happen this week. Yeah, I was wondering, would it be a safety corners set up like we've seen? Because uh, you assume Williams will coach linebackers. Or would, you know, Deke Adams coach the inside guys and someone else the outside or vice versa? So that that I guess that's right. the one thing that's – Somewhat still up in the air is uh, that that tenth and final staff member, and I guess maybe exactly. you wanted to you wanted to solidify the OC to know where your salary pool was, um, and now you know exactly where you're at of your Sam Pittman and kind of what you can afford to pay. Exactly, and you know there's a little bit money left over from the two coordinator moves, and I'm sure there's been a lot of talks about what's the best fit. You know, Deke, what do you want to do? Uh, uh, Woodson, what do you want to do? And because uh, you'd, you'd think that Travis would just kind of handle the linebackers. So uh, I'm sure that's been ongoing, and they're probably on the brink of, of having a guy ready to go. Tom, last question. And, you know, oh, go ahead. Well, I'll just mention something, too. If they hire an African-American coach, they, they, they would be an all-black defensive staff, which would be a real statement and I think a, a drawing card for a lot of young recruits. Tom, last thing before we let you go. There will be probably an impact by the weather on tonight's game, how many fans actually show up to Bud Walton Arena. If there wasn't any inclement weather, I think we'd see a lot more. How do you think season ticket sales are doing for football right now with two conference games, or I guess three conference games, and then you got three others with the other game being in Little Rock? What do you think they're at right now on renewals? Yeah, I mean, I, I have not heard. I haven't done an update on that yet. Um, but I would like to think that you know, they, it wouldn't have backed down any. I mean, it might not go up a substantial amount. Um, but, you know, is there going to be excitement going into Sam Pittman year four? Uh, well, KJ's back. You feel like you're going to have a solid offense with Enos. Um, they they need to win tight games. And I think when you do your self-examination in the offseason, why do we lose games? Well, you lost, you lost tight games. You didn't have a great um, red zone percentage conversion percentage so uh, got to get better in those areas and uh, then they'll have a chance to win some of these tighter games I mean you think they've they've been in contention with Alabama the last two years and if you're doing that you got a chance but what you can't do is you can't afford to slip up like they did in the A&M game in a down season for A&M and lose it so got to get better Tom we'll leave it there appreciate it we'll talk more basketball on Thursday after Arkansas and LSU conclude at nine we'll see what they do against Baylor this Saturday Outstanding. See you. Right, Tom Murphy with us here, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. I'm checking Twitter. We got a text that said there had been a hire, but uh, at the safety position this morning. But from Matt Zenitz. But I am. Uh, I'm. I'm looking at football scoop and just if, it, if it's happened, it's been very recent in the in the, in the last minutes uh, here. So just trying to check that as we kind of Darian Darian or Deron Wilson is expected to be hired secondary coach according to Matt Zenitz of On3 Sports. He was the cornerbacks analyst at Florida in 22 and he will work with Mark Woodson the Razorbacks secondary according to Matt Zenitz. Alright, when was that posted? 7.13 a.m. this All morning. Right, so not within the last hour or so. That, so we'll see if that, if that is actually the case. I was just checking school sites and kind of just the general stuff we follow. I hadn't seen anything other than, uh, than the text we got in here to uh, kind of double down on that so that possibly could be where uh where they're headed so 
You got no football games for Arkansas this weekend, but you do have the conference championship games. Let's talk to David, who's in Rogers, who's a Bengals fan. David, you got to be pretty confident with Burrow and company heading into Arrowhead. Well, uh, morning, guys. Uh, kind of. I just did they, um, the Sunday night football game when they played the Ravens. Did the Bengals cover? Did the Bengals cover. Uh, that was a I think a seven point game. Yeah, yeah. I remember that right. I think it, I don't think they did. That kind of worries me. <laughs> uh, that's a rivalry game. I mean, that's a that's a highly contested AFC North game. I know Snoop was playing for Lamar. Uh, Harbaugh's just a good coach, and he wasn't going to go down without swinging. I, I think you should be confident heading into Arrowhead this weekend. All uh, right. Well, you guys, you guys have a great day. Bye. I appreciate it, David. Yeah, see, the conference championship matchups, if you look on the Bet Saracen app, Bengals are a two-point road favorite, and you've got the Eagles that are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Very tightly contested lines this weekend. You've got Hurts, Burrow, Mahomes, and Purdy. Guys that don't exactly have just incredible resumes, and you look at certain things. They've had to go through some scenes over the years in college and high school, but man, oh man, they find themselves in the spotlight this weekend. Yeah, so uh, we'll uh, see. It's going to be a fun weekend. Two two good games. Sunday's one of the best sports days uh, of the year. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.